For those of you that um, have Bibles, if you would uh, open to the Old Testament, 1 Kings, chapter 17, and we'll be reading verses 1 through 16. Now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord the God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. And the word of the Lord came to him, Depart from here, and turn eastward, and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the brook Cherith, that is east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And after a while the brook dried up, because there was no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water and a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But first, make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterward, make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, The jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty, until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. Amen. Let's bow before the Lord in prayer. Father, in the blessed name of Jesus, we pray that the spirit of the living Christ will take over and everyone here will be blessed. Father, we pray that the Spirit will take control of every thought, every word, and he will bless and teach us today what you want us to learn. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last August, I was in Kurdistan, and it was Ramadan. And the temperature was about 46 degrees centigrade. So most of the people, they went in the afternoon home and they went to sleep. And the work was very, very limited. So I had plenty of time to read the word of God. I read first and second king, and I meditated over every verse. And I really want to know 
the dealing of God with the old people uh, as people and how he dealt with the kings as kings and how he dealt with the individuals as individuals. One of the verses which draw my attention, when God said uh, to uh, Elijah, I have ordered the ravens to feed you. Then after uh, a while, after a few years, he said to Elijah, arise and go to Zarephath, which belonged to Sidon, and there I have ordered a widow to feed you. I start thinking about the orders of God. And I thought to myself, when I go back to Beirut, I'm going to take the word of God and search for all the orders in the word of God. And this is what I have done. When I came back to Beirut, I start looking in the word of God for his orders. And I found there are many orders. I didn't really find them all, but there were so many and so strange that I couldn't understand them. So I, uh, I, I thought to myself, I'll go back to the chapter which I read in Kurdistan, and I want to see what God is going to teach me there. So uh, that's why I gave a subject for my message this morning, the strange orders of God. Before we get to the heart of the message, let us learn who Elijah is. Who is Elijah? Elijah is a Hebrew name. It means Jehovah is my God. And he is called the Chebite because he was born in a small village called Cheb. And then he did not live there. He went and lived in Gilad. This prophet spent most of his time in the wilderness. And it seems to me he was waiting to hear the voice of God. And God used to send him from one place to another to deal with the most difficult situations. When King Ahab, the king of Israel, have done the evil in the eyes of God, and it is written, he has done the evil in the eyes of God more than all the kings before him. God sent Elijah to him, saying, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, they shall not be due or reign these years, but according to my word. It's a great challenge to a king, for a man, a prophet, to stand before him and saying to him, There will be no rain, and there will be no dew, but according to to my word. And then the Lord said to, to Elijah, he said, go east and hide yourself by the river Crete. You will, be, you will drink from that river and I have ordered the ravens to feed you. And according to the order of God, Elijah went east and went and hid himself in that uh, place. What's wonderful about Elijah, that he has never argued with God. He could have said to God, the ravens are defiled birds. We as Jews, we are not allowed to eat ravens. 
because they are defiled. They eat dead meat, and they live among the dirt. How can they feed me? He could have really argued, and a good argument. But Elijah knew that God was talking to him, and God is able to do more than we ask or think. Elijah is different than us. We read in the Word of God, we read his orders. But once we read his orders, his strange orders, we become philosophers, and we start arguing with God. We don't obey the orders of God right away, but we start arguing with him. Lord, this should not be like this, it should be like this, and here we really become philosophers. But Elijah never said a word. He knew that God has spoken, and God is able to fulfill his word. For God to be able to fulfill his word, that the ravens are going to feed him, there are so many factors to happen. First, the nature of the ravens have to change. They are defiled birds. They eat dead meat. They live among dirt. But when God ordered them to go and feed Elijah, their natures changed. They don't eat dead meat anymore. They have to bring fresh meat to Elijah. They don't live among the dirt anymore. They have to live in a good place. And brothers and sisters, when God calls us to do his work, we cannot live in the dirt. Our nature has to change. It is written, everyone who is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. We cannot live in sin, and we, we are saying in our, to ourselves that we know God, and we love God, and we are serving God. When we obey the order of God, our nature has to change. The second factor that happened to the birds, they have lost their fear from man. They are not afraid of man anymore. Normally, a raven, when he sees a man, he flies far away because he is afraid. He's a bird. He's afraid of man. But when the Lord ordered him, he starts coming to Elijah without any fear, bringing him meat and bread morning and evening. And it's the same for us. When we are called to preach the gospel of Christ, we have to lose our fear. I am talking especially about us in the Middle East. Nobody dare preach the gospel because of fear, because he can be killed by the Muslims and other religions in the Middle East. But once we obey the Lord's command, go and preach the gospel, we have to lose our fear. He said, don't be afraid of those that they kill the body but they have no authority over the soul, but be afraid of him who have authority over body and soul to put in hellfire. Uh, when we opened the church in Baghdad, we have a cross about uh, uh, six meters uh, uh, long up in the air.
the church in Baghdad, uh, we put a, a cross and a sign, Jesus is the light of the world. And uh, in the morning, when we went the second morning, we found a paper written, Muhammad is the light of the world. And he said, uh, this is, um, uh, Iraq is a Muslim country. This is the first warning, the Muslim Brotherhood signed down the Muslim Brotherhood. And the elders of the church came to me and said, what do you want us to do? And I said, never mind, we'll break the cross and take the signs away, the sign away. And they said, what? I said, what are you asking me then for? I said, this church is open for people who are ready to die for the sake of Christ. If you are not ready to die for the sake of Christ, don't come to this church. This church is only reserved for people who are ready to give their lives for Christ. And by the grace of God, the cross is still there, and the sign is still there, and nobody has come to threaten us any, uh, anymore because our Lord is a great Lord. So don't be afraid. I don't know if a day will come when believers in America are going to be afraid because they worship their God. But, you know, but you are very, very polite. It's not only fear. You are polite. You don't want to disturb the others. Others are going to go to hell if you don't tell them about Jesus because he is the only Savior. The blood of Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. He died to save us. There is no other Savior. The third factor has to change is that the ravens have to learn about time and hour. Every morning and every evening, they have to bring him food. And you know, this is what I have done. Elijah have never complained that they were late. Only in time, every morning and every evening. He never complained that I am hungry. Where are they? We have a problem in the Middle East, and uh, people, they don't care about time. Our meeting in our church was 10 o'clock in the morning, and uh, people used to come uh, 10 past 10, 15 past 10, 20 past 10. So we met with the elders, and we said, maybe if we change the time to 10.30, people will come in time. So we changed the time to 10.30, and we thought that people really would have time to come on time. So they start coming quarter to 11, 20 to 11. And actually, we have a saying in the Middle East, when you get, take an appointment with a person, he said, do you want it Arabic time or European time? So they don't really care for time. I pray in the name of Jesus that we learn to be on time. We learn like the ravens to be every morning on time and every evening on time. The fourth factor that has to happen for the ravens, they have to learn perseverance. They have to learn perseverance. I don't know how many years Elijah stayed near the river. Maybe one year, two years, I don't really know how long it took that river to dry. But the ravens, they had learned perseverance. Every morning and every evening, they came to give Elijah. You know, in our church in Beirut, 
we give a job to a person, let's say in Sunday school or driving vans or doing something in the church. He'll do it one week, two weeks, three weeks, two months, three months, five months, and then he start getting late. He start being absent. He is, he, we have not learned perseverance. We encourage people to read their Bible. They read it one week, two weeks, one month, two months, and then they stop reading. They have not learned perseverance. Brothers and sisters, I pray you in Jesus' name. If only we would learn perseverance, especially in reading the word of God. Because there is a divine command, grow in grace and in the knowledge of God. We cannot grow in the knowledge of God unless we read the word of God. I gave this example to my church people. I said there is, we have a restaurant in Lebanon, in the casino of Lebanon. It's the best restaurant maybe in the world. They have the best food. They serve fish, chicken, meat, lamb, everything. Everything. I said, I'm going to take you once a week to that restaurant, and I'll feed you the best. And I said, but all week you will fast. What will happen to your, what will happen to your body? It'll go sick, it'll go weak. Because a body cannot live from one meal a week. And but in a spiritual life, we do the same. We come every Sunday to eat a feast in the church because the pastor has been praying and preparing day and night to give his message, to give to feed the people every Sunday. But they go home and they never read their Bible. They don't even cook for themselves. I pray you in the name of Jesus, cook for yourself. Made a boiled egg. Made some chips. Do something. Because if you don't read the Bible, you cannot grow. You cannot grow. You cannot grow spiritually of one meal a week. We have to read our Bible and we have to persevere in reading it. And even if you don't know how to cook like your pastor does in a spiritual way, but you can at least eat something, eat something. So the raven have learned perseverance. And all this change in the life of the ravens, all these factors, God is able to do more than we ask or think. He's a great God. One time, Joshua was fighting his enemies, the Amorite. And the sun was nearly going to set. And he hasn't finished the, 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 the battle yet. There's still uh, some of them still alive. And he prayed to the Lord saying, let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over Elion. Joshua do you know what you are asking? Do you know for God to fulfill or to answer your prayer, he has to change the solar system? Do you know that? Joshua said to me, yes, I know. I said, how do you know? He said, I am praying out of experience. I said, what is your experience with God? He said, one day, I was at the other side of the Jordan River. And the Jordan River was full to its border. Plenty of water. And God said to me, 
rise and cross the Jordan River to the other side. And I have thousands of people, men, women, and children, and animals. And very few of them, maybe they can swim. No ships, no boats, nothing. But he said to me, let the priest cross first who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And here, as the priest put their feet on the water, the water stood at a wall. He said, I am praying out of experience. My God is a great God. He ordered the water to stand as a wall. He can order the sun to stop, to stand still. You know, our problem, we made our God so small. We don't ask big things from our God. Because in our mind, he is a small God, and he cannot do things, big things. I pray you in the name of Jesus, know him. He is a great God. He is the maker of heaven and earth. You know, David on his bedside, he was dying. He called his son Solomon, and he asked him to come. And he said, my son, know the God of your father and worship him with a full heart, with a holy heart, with whole heart, and with a willing spirit. We cannot worship a God that we don't know. Our gate is a great, our God is a great God. He is the maker of heaven and earth. He can do more than we ask or think. This is what the prophets have experienced. <clears throat> it is written, there has never been a day like this one before or after when the Lord answered such a prayer, when Joshua had prayed. I pray that a day will come in your life when you say there wasn't a day like this that God answered a prayer like my prayer, like this day. Brothers and sisters, do you know that everything obeys the order of God above the sun and under the sun? Nature obeys God. He said, there will be no rain, no dew. And it hasn't. Nature obeyed God. We, in our days, we, we become philosophers and we say, oh, uh, the, it didn't rain because this happened and this happened. When it rained, God sent the rain. When there is a drought, God sent the drought. In Amos chapter 4, he said, God said to the people of Israel, I have sent you the cleanliness of teeth. It means you have nothing to eat. Not because I hate you, but because I want you to wake up. I want you to come back to me. They were gone away from God. He said, I have sent you the cleanliness of teeth. I've sent you a drought. There is no water. I send you wars. And all what's in the heart of God is, I want you to come back to me. And you did not come back to me. God doesn't do anything out of venture. He only wants to wake us up and to bring us back to himself. The sea obeys God and the wind obeys God. One day the disciples were in the boat and he was with them. And there was a big waves and wind and the storm, terrible storm. And they woke him up and they said, don't you care? We are drowning. He ordered the waves and the wind to stop and they did it. 
they obey him. The three Hebrew children were put in a furnace fire, and God ordered the fire not to burn them, and the fire obeyed our God. Everything, everything obeys our God, except man. He said, don't kill, we kill. Don't commit adultery, we commit adultery. Don't steal, we steal. He said, love, we hate each other. He said, go, we don't go. He said, give, we don't give. Only man disobeys God. But all nature, everything above the sun and under the sun, they obey God. I pray you in Jesus' name, know if you and Jesus are alone in the world, you are victorious. If you see all the world has left Jesus and you are alone, still worship him, you are the majority because one with Jesus is the majority. A day will come when every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord for the glory of God. Don't worry about the people leaving the churches and leaving Christ and worshiping them their, them, their own selves. Christ is victorious and he is coming back and he is coming to judge the living and the death. The other strange order, when the water of the river dried, the Lord said to Elijah, he said to Elijah, arise and go to the Zarafat, which belongs to Sidon, and there I'll have ordered a widow woman to feed you. This is a strange order. Strange. A widow? A poor widow? A woman? The wonderful thing about Elijah again, he did not argue with God. A widow woman is going to feed you. He would have a big argument with God. Notice the difficulties to fulfill this. She is a widow, and he is a strange man, and he is going to live in her home. What will the neighbors say about her? A man, a strange man, coming to live in this widow's home. What her friends will say, what her relatives will say, how can, they, how can she justify her relationship with this strange man? She didn't say a word, and he didn't say a word. They just gave it to the Lord. They put their life in the hand of the God that he gave the order. The second difficulty for Elijah, he could have said to the Lord, I am a man of God. Where is my testimony? If people would know I am living in a house of a widow, what would they say? My testimony is broken. I cannot declare myself as a man of God anymore. After all, she is a widow woman, and I am a man. And in our culture, it is a shame for a man to depend on a woman, especially a widow. Especially in the Middle East. I don't know here in America, 
But it's a degrading for a man to say, a widow is going to feed you. But Elijah didn't say one word. He obeyed the order of God. Can you imagine? In the days of drought, no food. Even a man can hardly find food. And he said, a widow woman is going to feed you. It's a drought. Look at the first meeting with that woman. Elijah came to the gate of the city. And he saw that widow. He saw a widow there. And she was gathering some sticks. And he called her and said, would you please bring me a little water to drink? Let's ask Elijah a question. I did. I said, Elijah, how did you know that she is a widow? How did you know that she is the woman that God has said? And Elijah turned to me and he said, this is a silly question. I said, why? He said, I am standing before my God, and I have a personal relationship with my God, and he is teaching. He whispered in my ears that this is the widow, which I have ordered her to feed you. He said, do you remember when Samuel went to anoint one of the children of Yessa, a Jesse, and they brought all the children, and uh, Samuel said, no, no, no. But who told him to say no? Because he had a personal relationship with his God. He was whispering in his ear, it's not this one, it's not this one, it's not this one. But then they sent behind David, who was still in the field, and said, that's the one. A young boy with the blue eyes, handsome. Uh, you know, uh, God doesn't look to the outside appearance. He looked to the inside. It's not like one of us. The best life, the most satisfying life, is to live in front of God, in the presence of God. When I resigned in 1973 from my work at the Intercontinental Hotel, I said to my wife, I am going to go for seven days of fasting and prayer. And I went up to the mountain. I took seven loaves of bread, and I took seven bottles of water, and seven tins of sardine. And I stayed seven days reading and praying. The first day, I was really expecting that God will come down and talk to me. You know, I love him so much. I want him to come in person and talk to me. I want something different to happen. The first day I read and prayed, nothing happened. The second day, the third day, the fourth day. It came Saturday. I said, Lord, what would I say to my wife? I've been away for seven days. You haven't said a word. Please speak to me. Please speak to me. And I took my Bible and read exactly as I used to read. From the Old Testament, from the Psalms, from Proverbs, and from the New Testament. And this advice, an American friend gave it to me. He said, read the Old Testament. You will learn how God has dealt with the Old Testament people. Because God will never change. He'll deal with you the same. 
Read the, read the Psalms so you would learn how to talk with God. Because all the Psalms are prayer. Read the Proverbs that you know how to deal with people. And read the New Testament to know the way he wanted to live and to know your position in Christ. And I have followed that advice all the time. And this is what I was doing in the seven days. And the Lord spoke to me the last day from Psalm 32. He said, I will teach you. I will instruct you. I will teach you the way you should go. I will instruct you. I will guide you. Mine eye is upon you. And after 42 years of service, I can say he fulfilled it to the letter. He have guided me. He have instructed me. He have taught me. The best life is the life so near to Christ, is the life guided by Christ, is when he is your teacher and he is your teacher alone. Anyway, the woman went to get him some water. And as she went on, he called her back again. And he said, bring me a piece of bread. And listen what she said. She said, as your Lord, as, you, as the Lord your God lives, I have no bread at home, but a handful of flour left in the jar and a little oil in the jug. And I am gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal to eat with my son, and then we will die. Let me ask the widow. She said, as the Lord your God lives. How did she know that he is the man of God? As the Lord your God lives. You know, one God gives an order. He makes sure that we don't make mistakes. When we obey God's orders, he will make sure that we don't make mistakes. This woman did not make a mistake with another man. She said, as the Lord your God liveth. Anyway, he said, Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go inside and do exactly what you said. Make bread, but make a small piece of bread for me first. And then you go in and make for you and your son. Now, Elijah, that's too much. You are a selfish man. I told him. I said, Elijah, this is selfishness. Why for you first? Who are you? He said, listen, it's not for me. I am a man of God. I am a servant of God. If she honors me, she is honoring God. She is honoring the Lord. I stand before the Holy One of Israel. And God has all right. All the respect, it is not for Elijah. All the love is not for Elijah. It's for the living God. One day, I was meditating in the story of the rich man who came to Jesus. And he said to Jesus, what can I do to win eternal life? And he said to him, see the commands. Don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery. He said, I have done it since I was a young man. He was honest. He was good. He was a godly man. And the Lord said to him, go and sell all you have and give to the poor and come and follow me. And the rich man went sad because he had so much money. 
And I said to the Lord, Lord, who are you? Who are you to ask for everything that men have? Who are you? This man was a good man. He kept the commandments. He did not steal. His money is a good money. I said, Lord, all the leaders of the world, if they want followers, they will say to them, we won't let you pay taxes anymore. We will give you free medicine. We will give you, we will give you. They'll give them everything. But you said, give everything and come and follow me. You know what he said when I said, who are you? He said, I am God. I am the creator. And he has all right. He is our God. He is our creator. He has right, not only for our money, but for our life. We live for him. He is ready. He is free to take our life if he wants to. Because he made us. He is our God. He is our creator. I pray you in Jesus' name. Know him as the creator. And he has right over our lives, our money, our children. He said, if you love a father, a mother, or, or a wife, or children more than me, you don't deserve me. Even if you don't deny yourself, you do not deserve me. This is our God. But look at this beauty in the infinite wisdom of God. He doesn't want that woman's bread. He wants to bless her. As soon as she obeyed the order, he blessed her. She have ate all the years of famine because she had always flour and oil. And when we obey the orders of God, in his infinite wisdom, he wants to bless us. He doesn't want our money. He couldn't care less for our money. But he wants to see, do we obey him? He wants to see, do we trust him? If we believe in him, if we trust him, if we obey him, he is going to bless us. And now, let me ask the Lord a question. Do you have any orders for us as a church? As believers. And the Lord said, yes, I have. Go to all the world and preach the gospel. But Lord, that's a difficult order. That's a strange order. I said, the world have their own gods. They have their own languages. They have their own uh, education or everything. They have culture. They have their own culture. How can we go? After all, that takes money. We don't have any money to go. That's men. Do we have men enough to go? He said, go to all the world. Try to believe him and obey him, and then everything will come. All the difficulties will be solved. That widow believed God, and everything was solved. None of her neighbors said anything wrong about her. None have friends. She did not need to justify her relationship with this man. And he did not have to lose his uh, testimony as a man of God. But God took care of everything. 
Then we have a strange order for us as believers. He said, love your enemies. Bless them that they curse you. Do good things to, to, to them that hate you. And pray for them that persecute you. Isn't it strange? In our own ways, in our own ideas, in our own thoughts, if my enemy is hungry, let him die. So I'll have no enemies. Eh? Why should I give him food to eat? He said, if your, if your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. But Lord, why? Let him die and I'll be alone. Nobody to disturb me. He said, if you want to be complete like your father in heaven, you have to do this. Because he reigns over the good and the bad, over the evil and the good. And he gives the sunshine for both the evil and the good. He said, if you want to be like your father, you have to do this. Love your enemy. Pray for them that persecute you. And the last order he gave to the church or to the people in his first message in Mark, when John the Baptist was taken to jail, Jesus stood up to preach. And he said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. You know, no one would like to repent. Every one of us wants to live according to his own desire. Actually, we have a philosophy in the world today, do whatever pleases you. Whatever pleases you, do it. Because we want to live according to our own desires. But Jesus said, repent. Repent. It's against the nature of man to repent. Because we think if we repent, we lose our life. We lose the happiness. I have lived 32 years in sin in the world. And I was seeking true happiness. I have never found it. Only when I repented and came back to the Lord, then I found true happiness. I pray you in Jesus' name, don't let it go too long. Don't let it go too far. If you want true happiness, you can find it once you repent and come to know Christ as your personal Savior. At the end, are we ready to obey the strange commands of God? Are we ready to learn from the ravens? Are we ready to learn from that widow of the Zarafat belongs to Sidon? My prayer that every one of us will say, Amen, Lord. I am ready to obey. I am ready to repent. I am ready to give. I am ready to go. Pastor, would you please close in prayer? The Lord bless you.
think maybe now I've got all right. And so my question for us is what strange order does God have for you? As, as, you, as you spend time in the Word of God and you listen to the whisper of God, uh, perhaps through His Spirit, what, what does He want uh, you, what does He want us um, to do? And we have those three examples. It doesn't matter whether you consider yourself a great man of God or a lowly widow or, uh, or just, a, just a bird. They were all obedient uh, to what God called them to do. So, Father, my prayer is that you would help us uh, to be obedient uh, to your work uh, in our lives, uh, to be the people uh, that you have both called us and enabled us uh, to be and to do. You promised uh, through your Son that you would be with us to the very end of the age. And so now help us to be sensitive to your Spirit, to, to, to share the gospel, to not fear, to persevere to be on time with our responsibilities. Father, so much to learn from this passage. Help us, I pray, in Christ's name.